Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the Buster Show podcast. Today, we have King Saladin on the show. He is the king of the modern arts world. King Saladin, how are you doing, my friend? I'm good, man. What's up, Buster? How you feeling, man? Doing great. First, got to acknowledge the uh, studio background. You're definitely beating my blank white wall here. We're going to get you something for the back of your wall, man. We got, we got to. I like... Uh, I love the art, man. How how did you first get into making and then eventually selling your artwork? Oh, man. Well, um, I'm going to start way back. So I had my own T-shirt company, pretty much like uh, painted T-shirts, selling out the trunk, bro, in the early 2000s. Um, everything really, really popped off, though. Like, I quit my job in 2011. But previous to that, I was always just trying to, like, I always loved art, but I never really seen an artist like a living artist that was kind of like somebody to follow. So it was really like, I didn't think it could happen, man. So, um, you know, you got introduced to JP the Money Bear. So yep. that's, in, that's in memory to my best friend, uh, JP, that passed away from brain cancer in 2013. And um, he was the one that really pushed me to do it, bro. Like, he was the one like, bro, I know you can do this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he put my first yep. paint in. Um, I quit my job. And he was the one that, like, literally made me quit my job. He used to kill me every day, like, Bro, I know you're not going back to the plantation. You know what I mean? Every day. So that really just stuck with me, man. And this one day I just was like, you know what? I'm going to just try to do it. Like before I had kids, I was like, I need at least two years to kind of like not like give a fuck about life a little bit. Right. And just find my way. You know what I mean? Because I was worried about my car getting repossessed and just, just stuff that's like really minimal when you start looking at life on the overall. And um, I just gave myself a shot, man. And it's a, it's a long story in between all that. But that's like the main, how I got started and why I got started. That's amazing. So 2011, that's like the very, very start of social media as well. How much, yeah. how much did that world play a factor in allowing you to do what you do? Um, well, it played a, a major factor because in the midst of that, you know, everything was like, you know, and I'm glad that I came from that era as well, where you had to like actually meet somebody or actually see somebody and be right. like, yo, that's dope. Or like, you're a good basketball player. Like whatever you did, you had to almost be in the flesh to see it or word of mouth. So um, when I quit my job, I think Facebook was really popping. And then Instagram came out when you only could have it on an iPhone. So I had like a T-Mobile flip. I had all these T-Mobile phones. And I was like, yo, I got to get an Apple phone, man, because it's something about that Instagram where people are like posting pictures and they're commenting and you can see what all these different rappers and athletes are doing. So it was kind of like, it was, that was the main focus for me was like, once I quit my job, I got to get this exposed all over the world, no matter what. I love so that. It was huge. It was huge because all the stuff that I was doing, like in my mom's basement at the time, I could just post it. You know what I mean? And then when I quit my job, um, I, had, I was fortunate to live on a couch for like many years with like friends in LA and Miami. So in the midst of my journey, I'm just posting everything. You know what I mean? Walking on Hollywood Boulevard, meeting gallery owners, um, selling all kinds of stuff and taking pictures with the person who bought it. So I kind of like started that up when I didn't know that that was a thing. Cause I wasn't really following artists. I was following more like athletes and rappers and stuff like that. So I was like, if I can curve my way into this art world and kind of like just expose what I do online, I think it'll be like a good thing. And it, and it worked out. What did you feel like was your first major breakthrough? Hmm. Well, I think the, the major breakthrough that came before money or anything like that was literally, literally me just knowing in my head, like, okay, today I'm going to walk in my job and I'm like telling everybody holler. Like, 
and I think that was the breakthrough because once I started thinking in that mindset, like I can do it, um, I don't know, the universe started working for me, but the, the situation and the deal that happened where I was just like, wow, um, I got an opportunity to do a project with Jordan Brand, 2014-ish, and it was a Philadelphia, I'm from Philadelphia as well, um, and it was a Philadelphia project, but I met these guys playing basketball at Carmelo's gym, when Carmelo had the gym down the street from the uh, from the yep. garden. So um, shout out to my man, Jeff Chin. He was working at an agency at that time. And he was just like, bro, I, I didn't know you could play basketball. Would you want to do like this project with Jordan? And I'm like, bro, yeah, I want to do a project with Jordan. You know what I'm saying? So yep. once that, um, I think like, I don't know, the, the world kind of got to see me on a different scale after like hustling and taking pictures and showing art and, that was my first breakthrough. So shout out to Jeff Chen and A's for J's and Jordan. That's awesome. What was what was that project? It was called A's for J's. So they had a program in the uh, Philadelphia public system, the public school system, where um, if you kept a certain grade point average, like a 4.0 for like, I guess the whole year, they give out different gift certificates for uh, foot action, foot locker, wherever they sold Jordan products. And um, the kids would just get free free gear. You know what I mean? That's so awesome. they wanted me to do, um, they wanted me to work with four different public schools and um, do a huge piece of art. So it was like a 16 by 16 by 12. And I've never worked on nothing like that. Like previous at that time, I never worked on anything that big because, you know, like I was selling paintings that people could like walk with and take over. Take right. And um, they gave me like six days, bro, to do this, this deal, this situation. They had this they set the house up with GoPros and a big Nike truck came. So it was crazy, bro. I didn't sleep for like three days getting this done, but it wound up being like one of the most, um, one of the best projects I've ever did. That's awesome. What, what sort of stuff do you enjoy doing the most now? Oh man. Um, art-wise, right? Just strictly art. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I've, I've built different, a foundation through my art as well. So giving back to the community is like one of the biggest things I, I love to do me and my team love to do um but art wise no man i love I'm, I'm in love with abstract art but i got known for my character art so jp the money bear the inspiration behind jp the money bear um it's like a it was like a dream big project pretty much like you know what i mean i walked out on faith where i had like probably like 400 to my name and my best friend jp at the time he had told me like yo when you leave the plantation I got you. I'm gonna make sure that you know your car's not gonna get messed. You know your car's not gonna get towed and uh and repoed and everything. So he gave me like four thousand dollars when I left out, and that was like the launching pad to my career, bro. I spent like probably like twenty five hundred at Blick material uh, art material store, and I was ghost for like two three weeks, bro, just working, 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 and then I actually got a chance to move move to uh, Miami. So, um, what I love to do the most. I don't know. I just love to create, man. There's different opportunities just bring the creativity out of me, right? Like, I met you doing the baseball cards with Bleaker. Shout out to Bleaker. Yep, you know? yep. those are sick. So, so that was so fun, and we created a bobblehead out of that. So it's just really, like, the opportunity for me to, like, show how creative I am is, like, the best thing I can do. I love that. <clears throat> so JP the Money Bear, I feel like when I think about artists, I always think about, like, what like Andy Warhol, it's the soup cans. Takashi Murakami, it's the flower. Is that it for you forever? Um, well, I mean, I'm well, right now we're working on 
building the family of JP the Money Bear. So we That's released awesome. here. Um, I had a bulldog that I was so in love with that passed away at the age of three. Oh, so damn. made a toy out of that too. And his name is Capone. So the dog's name is Pone. I got to send you one. I gotta, I'm going to send you a bunch of stuff. But um, that was a project that we did last year. And we dropped that with Network and Beyond the Streets. Um, this year, I'm working on the inspiration of my son. So I had my first son in 2017 in the midst of my crazy journey. And I had wow. no clue how I was going to get this done, how I was going to be a father, an artist, a businessman. Um, and he really inspired me to like just turn, turn it up, like turn my whole creativity up. So um, eBay, shout out to eBay. We're launching the, the, uh, the, the Teddy toy. His name is Teddy because he's a younger, younger bear. Um, we're releasing that at DesignerCon in November. So JP the Money Bear was just really just like the start of me, one, um, letting my best friend live on forever. For two, um, just having something recognizable. Yeah. So when I drop all this other stuff, yeah, you know, it's back to like, okay, he's the guy that did that. You know what I mean? So it's really just like um, a major branding tool that means so much to me. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Now, every time I see a bear, I have to think of your work. It's, it's just it's just how it works now. Um, no, that's awesome. Is there anybody that you've wanted to work with forever that you, you'd love to get the chance to? Mm. Um, I'm going to say person-wise instead of company. Sure. Um, I would love to work with Calls. I would love to work with Americami. Um, it's a few people, man. It's a few people I, I would I would love to work with Virgil. Um, Don C. I worked with Don C on the Tops project. Shout out the Tops. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Project 70. So um, me and him got to know each other a little bit. He sent me some sneakers. So I still hit him up all the time. You know what I mean? Like, yo, yep. whenever I had the chance to work, let me in. You know what I mean? So uh, definitely Don C. Um, the amazing Kanye West. I would love to sit down and pick his brain. Um, it's a number of people, man. It's a number of people. You and Kanye both love the Bears. Yeah, and that was, that was the inspiration behind it, too. So I was sitting at work, um, and I, for some reason, I kept the, the um, College Dropout album in my book bag. I don't know why, bro. It wasn't like I, I listened to it on the headphones or nothing at that time. I just kept it, and I would just always have, like, little books with me that I would draw in when I'm super bored. And um, JP at the time, right? So JP used to always just come over to my mom's house. So only my close, close friends knew that I was, like, obsessed with art you know what I mean other than that basketball being a regular dude in the hood like I could talk to you about anything you know what I mean I never really right. talked about art so um one day we in, we in my mom's basement and I got all this abstract art laying around he's like eh, this stuff is cool but if I seen an abstract piece in a hotel or if I'm traveling somewhere I wouldn't know it was you you know what I mean and he was he was like looking through my books like let me look through your books let me see something that sparked my interest so he's looking through and it's like all these like remakes of the college dropout bear. You know, I'm making them like with Mitch and Les jackets, changing the eyes and just doing my own thing to it. And he's like, bro, this is it. And I'm like, what? He's like, this bear. He's like, bro, I can see it on everything, like book bags, jackets. And I'm just like, you think so? You know what I mean? Because I'm like, I'm from the hood and I never went to school for art. So I'm trying to, at the time I was trying to do art that I seen all the like, the, profess the professionals did, you know what I mean? The Jackson Pollocks and just abstract things and things like that. So um, that's where JP the Money Bear came about. It was really like my best friend JP saying like, bro, I think this would be like 
your your Nike sign or your Apple logo. You know That's what I mean? Exactly what I was thinking. Yep. Exactly. It was, it. it was crazy. And then when he passed away, because um, I wasn't working on it when he was here, I was still doing my own thing. It was like when your best friend that doesn't really know about art, he's like, do this. And you're like, man, get out of here. You know what I mean? Right. But when he passed away, it was like something that like just hit me. It was like, damn, focus on this JP the Money Bear thing. But his name wasn't even JP the Money Bear. It was just the design that I did. And I just started perfecting it and perfecting it. It wasn't until um, maybe around 2000 and maybe like 17, I got the chance to go to China with a bunch of amazing artists, Mastis, Futura, um, Ron English. It was like crazy. So if you know anything about like the toy, the toy world, um, Lev from Toy Tokyo in New York, he's like the guy. So he was, you know, he was a, really fond of my work. And he was like, yo, I think we could make a toy out of this, out of, out of your artwork. And I was like, damn, that'd be crazy. So he set up the situation. We went to China. I stayed there for maybe two weeks working with Pop Life and um, putting it together. And then the people at Pop Life were like, what's his name? And I'm like, I don't know. And then he's like, JP. And I was like, JP, the money bear. And I'm like, my friend was definitely about his money. And inspiration and trying to make all of his friends just become like whoever they wanted to be. You know what I mean? Like we had friends awesome. that ran thing, yeah. everything. And he was like the sole provider for everybody's dream. You know what I mean? And I just stuck. I said, I said it stuck to me. I was like, JP the Money Bear. And we released the toy in 2018 in uh, Shenzhen, China. And then we came to New York. And then it was just like, bro, it just sold out. It was just like people gravitated to this thing. It was almost like a heaven sent, you know what I mean? Because I didn't have big marketing. It wasn't like it was on Hype Beast or something crazy where everybody was like, oh, I got to go get it. It was just really me, just like people follow my story for years and can relate to like a friend that really wanted you to just blow up. You know what I mean? And him untimely passing, I think that added to the story as well because um, for one, it's just like super sad. You know what I mean? The dude was 29 years old when he passed. And um, from that, I, I attach cancer, all different types of cancer, brain cancer, um, breast cancer, all the different cancers that really like affected my life. My grandmother later on passed away from a, a, a different type of cancer too. So everything that I was doing, I was just tying it back. We was donating a lot of art. We was doing a lot of different um, auctions and give backs and foundation stuff, raising money for different cancer awarenesses. So I think it was like the whole story and it being like a really dope visual yeah. that it up, you know what I mean? So shout out to JP, my grandma, and everybody in heaven that really uh helped me along the way on this. Man, that that's a <clears throat> it's a pretty meaningful story. You don't usually hear that for people's you know main artworks. Um, you know, like I I don't think there's any special significance for like the Murakami flower besides it being like dope. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, you know. So it's cool. It's it's awesome that you have so much um, so much meaning behind everything that you do. I, I like that a lot. Where if people want to buy your art, how how do they do that? Um, well, right now, um, well, for the last few years, we've really been not really working with a lot of galleries, just based on the way I came into the game was so um, organic and just like right. raw to the point where. Um, we set up our own, we got our own kind of economy. We got our own community of artists, um, collectors and things like that. So um, they can definitely reach me on, on Instagram uh, at King Saladin. Uh, my, 
my management is my manager is Orrin Schneider. So yeah, legend. Yeah, my dog. So I'll send you all the information, but like the best way is really just like through email and like DMs and things like that. Awesome. Um, in terms of like the direction that you see art going, obviously the impact that social media had on the accessibility. You know, imagine imagine saying 20 years ago, oh, just DM me. Wouldn't happen. Wouldn't happen. Where do you... What do you think buying art is going to look like in five or 10 years? Do you think it'll be all digital? Do you think it will be still some gallery and some social media? Where would you like to see it go? And where do you think it'll be? Well, I think, um, because over the last 10 years, the world has changed so much. So you're saying 20 years from now, I think it's going to be literally like- Five, 10, whatever you want. It's going to be like Ready Player One, bro. And I'm just trying- inside of this whole thing. Um, we're also releasing our second NFT drop um, in September. So um, we're definitely going digital. A lot of my different projects like tops and things like that were like part digital, part hand painted, part uh, drawing, part, it's just like everything that I'm learning on this road, I'm just attaching it to my art. So um, where I see it going, I don't know, man, sky's the limit, bro. I have no clue, but I'm just definitely trying to, um, jump in every different space that makes sense for my brand and my collective and things like that. So definitely digital, bro. Definitely digital. It's going to go probably like, probably like 75% digital. I definitely think there are going to be like some powerhouse galleries still around and museums and things like that. Um, I love to traditionally paint. So I never want to get away from that, but um sure bro it's just that things are moving so fast i don't know i yeah. don't know and it's funny because everybody likes to judge things by what their dollar value is but if you judge it by the volume of the quantity of digital items purchased in the last two years it's pretty insane pretty insane bro <laughs> you know? and it's like yeah the value is going to go up and down but what i think is going to happen is the on average, you'll be able to buy more for less and there will just be higher supplies, but people can get it. Um, You know, so the big artists will be dropping, you know, a hundred thousand things at $40 each instead of 10,000 things at $4,000 each or whatever that is. And it won't be as much about the money, but it will be more about, you know, collecting the art, like how sports cards and everything else were before the pandemic. I was about to say that. I was about to say, um, like shout out for Tops for just having me involved in that project. There's so many like legendary artists. Cause I'm like, I'm still like a baby in this bro. Like literally I popped off probably 2017. So that's four years, like four or five years going on five years that where the world kind of took notice to what I was doing. So bro, like the, one of the reasons why I wanted to start my own baseball cards and I love the Tops project was that people that weren't art collectors traditionally and people that weren't, you know, financially where they needed to be to buy a 10,000, 20,000, $50,000 piece, they could own some of my art. And that's one of the reasons why I'm getting into the NFT space as well. You know, it's like, it's total ownership of an artist that you love or it's recognized all around the world and you can get it for a certain amount of, a certain, a lower price point. And that it can get you into the arts. You know what I mean? Like my biggest thing is like, I didn't grow up going to museums and galleries and things like that. 
So I understood that it's a market out there for people that love art, but just think they can't obtain it. You know what I mean? So okay. I also wanted to make something that was like, you know, kids could, you know, bug their parents and get, uh, you know, a baseball card or a poster or just something that's not like a low price point thing, but still would gain value, still an investment. You know what I mean? So um, that's one of the biggest things I wanted to do, these cards, merchandise, all kinds of stuff like that, product base, you know what I mean? Because I know it's it's, it's, it's a lot for somebody to invest in a $50,000 payment, you know what I mean? So For sure, for sure. That's even even when you have the money, even when you have the money, you might want a watch, you might want a car, you might, it's just, your focus is on so many different things when you get your first amount of money. So I just wanted somebody to be like groomed into collecting my art, you know what I mean? For sure, and digitally, you know, it makes a ton of sense for the artists and the companies. I am a believer that everything will be on the blockchain that makes sense to be, such as every ticket to every event, you know, access to schools, like your student IDs, like identification will be there, just because it makes more sense because everybody makes more. Like, you know, the classic example is like, Drake sells a front row ticket for $1,000, the reseller sells it for 10,000. Now he gets another thousand if it's 10% royalty on the resale. Right. It makes sense. It just on top sense. of that, on top of that, it's a it's a royalty which many artists don't get. But you sell that painting, it's gone. And then somebody can put it in an auction, you sell it for let's say twenty thousand dollars, they put it in an auction, it goes for two hundred thousand dollars, and you're like, what just happened? You know what I mean? It also right. makes your value go up, but we're talking about artists that like have to live day to day with families too. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like um, the blockchain is amazing just for the, that ownership. And it's like no counterfeit situation going on once you have something in the blockchain. So, And imagine, yeah. imagine it like this. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci, he died 500 years ago. Right. He saw none of this $500 million sale action. But imagine it was on the blockchain and it was passed down. Access to the royalties is passed down generation to generation. Every time it would sell, whoever passed it down would get to decide who uh, got to receive that 10%. 10% of $500 million isn't nothing. That's $50 million on a sale, on a royalty. Yeah. That's what I think is going to happen too, where the children and the grandchildren of these artists will be benefiting from them being digitally forward and blockchain tracked in a way that has never been true for Picasso and, uh, you know. Even, even, even a Basquiat, even a Basquiat that died right. years ago. You know what I mean? Like his work's going for $200 million right now, but most of those pieces were probably sold for 30 grand. You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. So that's why I'm trying to make sure that my kids get to eat off of my art forever. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm dibbling and dabbling and not just staying in one lane because I know the journey is really the art. You know what I mean? The journey of how you can take the art from physical to digital and the blockchain and everything like that. It's like, I have to be on top of that type of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's, it's inevitable that it works out. You know, a lot of people just, the same way, you know, when social media started and people were like, no, you can't sell art on social media. Like people have to see it in a gallery. And right. now they're saying the same thing about you know, digital. So I, I think it's it's going to be fun to watch it progress. But look, if everybody got it immediately, there wouldn't be no there wouldn't be a first mover advantage. So, you know, Definitely. we can all consider ourselves lucky in that regard. We're lucky, blessed. I say blessed. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Uh, last question for you. What 
what makes you uh what makes you the happiest generally in in all of in all of life what what gets you going and fired up the most um, honestly man like seeing seeing ideas come to life man like seeing ideas come to life because i used to talk and just speak so much stuff into existence bro even down to like when i used to fly back and forth just like um to la and miami then i had to go back home it was just like I used to talk to myself, like, you know what? I don't ever want to fly coach anymore. Like, you know what I mean? And it was like, right. I to fly first class or a jet or anything at the time. You know what I'm saying? And it was kind of like, I just felt it. I was just like, I need to be in the front seats talking to these people that might be a doctor, might be who, I don't know who these people were, but I had to walk past them on every flight and they would be on the, they would be on their iPads or whatever, on their laptops. And I'm like, what are they doing? You know what I mean? And like, that was just one of the things that I seen like happen, you know what I mean? Other than my career, but just speaking things into existence, um, people's dreams coming true, bro. And me being able to provide for my family and the people I bring along in the journey. Like I have a team, like a lot of artists are just like artists. They stay in the studio by themselves. Um, I got like a whole team of a crew of people like that all have significant jobs now. But at first it was kind of like, I don't know what you're supposed to do. You know what I mean? Because it's like, right. I do that. But I understood that playing playing sports, you need a team. You know what I mean? You need somebody that's going to be the point guard, that's going to control the ball. You need somebody that's going to grab the rebounds. You need that dirty guy that's just like, yo, I'm coming in and I'm getting my six fouls and I'm good. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. kind of like, and also a coach, an assistant coach. So um, I, just, I, just put, I just put all of my sports history and me playing basketball and just me learning business just put it all in one pot bro and just kind of like try to make it work and right now you know i'm not super rich so it's not like i can pay my team a million dollars you know what i mean so everybody with me is like super like it's like the beginning of google you know what i mean like these people are just they in it and they in it for the dream that i have and the dream that they have also so it's kind of like it's just amazing team that i got blessed with and like we're just knocking out these projects bro so it's like anything that i come across if it's from Right now, like we're working on a Netflix situation and that's kind of like way beyond my thoughts, bro. So um, I have somebody that's super good on the computer that I'm okay on the computer. You know what I mean? I have mm -hmm. somebody like an Oren that's, he's the yeah. deal closer. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. the guy that's everybody. And you know, most people want to talk to the artists. So I'm the guy that, you know, make you feel very comfortable. I'm relatable. You want the artwork anyway. So I'm just here to make you feel very comfortable with your purchase or your investment. And I got somebody that's going to take care of all the paperwork, all the blockchain, all the COA stuff. And I also have a team in the studio where it's like, um, if I want to build something, I have somebody that can actually build it, build it with me. You know what I mean? But he's good on the saw, you know what I mean? And just all kinds of different technical stuff. So it's like, I just love seeing people's dreams come true, man. And I love to have like people that I really, really care about and fuck with like a part of my journey, bro. You know what I mean? Because I could do it by myself, but it's like, for one, it'd be a lot harder. And two, it'd be like a lot more. It'd be, it'd be, it's uh, more fun with the people around you. Everything is 100%. Yeah. That's amazing. I believe it. I believe the vision. I see the, I see the passion. Passion leads to everything else. So, uh, and, and, you know, people who love what they do are always the most successful. You know, Definitely. it's just. The buster, you the man. Thank you, thank you for having me on your platform, bro. I've been watching you for a while. When um when um 
when Bleaker had said that you were going to be one of the people that was hosting the show, I was like, oh, man, this is perfect. The dude loves hoops. He's a cool-ass dude. And I just finally got to meet you. It's just been perfect, man. So thank you for having me on your platform, bro. Likewise, man. Thank you. And thank you for having me a part of that as well. I'm sure this is the first first of many things we're able to do together. Yeah, let's so, do it. Uh, we, got, we, got, we got a brainstorm, man. Let's put something yeah. together. Uh, there's definitely there's definitely some stuff. Um, all right, everybody, you know where to find at King Saladin. Check him yeah. out. Check out his work. And uh, we'll catch you next time. See you guys. Peace.